D Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. It is also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. Today is a huge day in San Diego. Anytime you find out a schedule, that is one of the biggest days on your calendar. And that is exactly what we've learned. We have a lot to talk about. We will talk about the failure with the U.S. and the Olympics. Uh, we will get to that we have San Diego Loyal's schedule to discuss uh, plenty of directions. We even have Ted Lasso news. We need like a Ted Lasso correspondent, it feels like, all of a sudden. Darren, uh, happy Tuesday to you. It's good to see you. Yeah, speaking of Ted Lasso, actually, I think that Ted Lasso should consider or be in consideration, Jordan, for our uh, U.S. youth national team. You know, maybe he is exactly what U.S. soccer needs at this point. Somebody who's going to get us to believe in belief. Maybe, maybe that's what the problem is. We didn't believe in belief and that's why we're not going to the Olympics. And it turns out Jordan turns out like the Olympics are just no big deal anyway. So, <laughs> you know, who cares that the U S didn't qualify according to some God, what a bunch of garbage that is nonsense, yeah. but let's start with the good stuff. Okay. Yeah. U.S. soccer does not make it easy for us to say nice things about them. My goodness. Um, that's a really good point though. Ted Lasso, because what it felt like the team just needed some motivation. They needed a little kick in the pants a little bit. And what would Ted Lasso provide to the under 23s with the U.S. men's national team? I think that's exactly what he would provide. Believe and belief. Yes. Jason Christ out Ted Lasso in make it a hashtag. You're welcome, yeah. everybody. That's a free gift to you here on this Tuesday morning. Yeah, if, if we're allowed to vote on the process, you know where our votes are going. All right, so you want to start with the good stuff you're saying? You want to start with the good news, not the bad news? Yes. The good by news. the way, by the good news, I, I don't mean Christian Pulisic scoring on a penalty kick or Serginho Dest opening up his U.S. men's national team account. Let's go on a hyper-local level, Jordan, because it's Tuesday morning, and we just had a scheduled drop from SD Loyal. We've been waiting for this. We knew that they were going to open up away at Phoenix, on a Friday, April 30th. I've already taken that day off from work. So let's get into the rest of the schedule here, which just came out. Like you said, we did learn a little bit a week ago. We found out when the team would actually play its first game. Uh, and then we found out when we would get them back at Torero Stadium for the first time. And we learned you're going to have to wait a little bit. You're going to have to wait a little while before you get that home opener, before uh, we, we turn the first game ever at Torero Stadium, before that starts to feel like somewhat of a dream um, we're going to be right back at Torero Stadium against Las Vegas Lights once again, which is the reason why it's going to feel a little dreamy. May 29th against Las Vegas. Season opener, we knew April 30th, going to be on the road in Phoenix, opening up a brand new stadium, playing spoiler to rising. That's going to be a very fun way to start our season. Um, but we have the rest of it now. There is much more to a schedule than just your first match and your first home match. From what you've seen, and people can see the graphic, um, that SD Loyal, I'm sure, have tweeted out. Um, I'll even include the Loyal graphic here in one of our videos, I'm sure. Uh, what, were, what are some of your just initial takeaways as you see it for the first time? Uh, that we're going to have to be patient to see this team play at home, to your point, because May 29th feels like a really, really long time away from where we are here, you know, just as we're not even getting into the month of April. But uh, some of this, I think, and I don't know all the particulars, I don't know all the details, and I, you know, obviously it doesn't matter. Some of this is because they are playing on a college campus. So my understanding is, you know, there has to be 
some time to let whatever it is that's happening at USD clear out. And then I think when you look towards the middle of the schedule, then you see all of those home matches. You know, you just see chunks of, of two straight, six out of eight, six out of seven, uh, eight out of 10, right? Like you just see so many home matches here. So, you know, that's, that stands out to me as well. Uh, certainly seeing new clubs added into the mix. The first thing I did is start looking for away trips. You know, I'm super excited to get up and go to Sacramento. I mean, I've not booked a flight, but I'm excited to go to Sacramento. Unfortunately, that's towards the tail end of the year, but you get to sit on that. I'm super excited to go to Oakland. Uh, excited to see this club. We talked a little bit about playing regional, right? Like playing in, in the Pacific division, but also getting a chance to see them go and play at loose city. So, you know, a lot just jumps out at you. I just started searching around for individual dates to see what was what. Uh, and again, seeing so many home matches there starting at around June 12th and going to like, you know, the end of August, early September, you know, that's, that's what jumps out to me is we're going to have to wait. We're going to have to be patient, but man, that's a lot of home matches there right in the middle of the season. So I think my biggest takeaway, Darren, was the fact that there's 32 matches. It's already so different from what we saw in 2020. Uh, this is not something where we get a schedule release and we get to play Phoenix Rising 20 times in a row, and whoever wins the most out of 20 matches wins the cup. That It's not 2020 anymore. We're moving forward, and we're moving into a schedule that consists of 32 matches. That is going to be a big change, not just for players, but I think that's going to be a big change uh, for fans. I think it's going to be a big change for everyone around the club. That That is a much more demanding schedule, um, obviously, going through it initially last year for the first time. This is going to be a much bigger version of it. The fact that the schedule is deeper and longer and you're playing more games, the fact that you're playing much different opponents, I think is very exciting. That's something that's going to be different this year. You're not just playing the same four or five teams over and over and over. We're not in Group B playing Phoenix, playing Vegas, playing Orange County, playing Las Vegas. Now you get to see new teams. You get, you get to see... Well, you already saw Real Monarchs, but you get to see Oakland Roots for the very first time. You get to see New Mexico United for the very first time. I'm very excited for that one. That one is October 17th, a Sunday. So you have to wait uh, before New Mexico comes to town. But I think that's an exciting one. Really, to me, Darren, uh, you kind of mentioned it, the soccer-specific stadium. If you if you gave me this schedule and you took away the, the San Diego Loyal logo and you kind of just told me home and away – you can pretty much figure out what teams are playing in a soccer specific stadium and what teams are not to me, the way it's kind of set up, it's already set up to be a movie in a way, which is kind of, it's set up to be a lot of fun, but there's already kind of this three act structure that we already have. You have the opening act, like the setup, you're already on the road for the first four, uh, six of your first seven. That's your opening act. Like you're on the road, you're, you're going, the show is on the road and you're going to go ahead and display what you can. And then the confrontation when you come back home, who knows what it looks like, but you're coming back home for a really good stretch in July and August. You're playing eight of 10 at home in the middle of summer in San Diego. You get one road trip right in the middle of it, four straight home matches, and then a quick trip to Tacoma before yeah. coming back to play in Los Angeles. Not much of a road trip there, I will say. And then you get four more in home, four more at home at that. Um, so you're home for the summer, no, like the summer vacation. Everyone's coming to San Diego. That's what it's going to be. Um, and then your final act, the resolution, you get to go back on the road, uh, hopefully in a really good position to make a strong, strong playoff push. 
but you're hoping, and with the talent that San Diego Loyal have, that final act is going to be something where they're pushing towards winning the division. So I really do see the schedule just because the home and away splits as three different smaller schedules in one. Uh, it does feel like it's kind of set up to be a movie. I'm very excited to watch it this year. I like it. Solid. Good one there. I like that a lot. Yeah. Your opening act and then your, your plot, your resolution. Yeah. I mean, I, and I don't know, you probably do the same thing I do. I sort of gloss right over the MLS two clubs like Tacoma, uh, Los Dos probably shouldn't do that because they were a pebble in the shoe last year. But what really excites me is seeing clubs like Oakland Root, Sacramento Republic, Phoenix rising, Orange County, et cetera, seeing those clubs, seeing when they're home. Most of the matches here, certainly at home are going to be on Saturday nights. I think Wednesday, if I'm just doing this quickly here off the taking a quick glance here, Wednesday seems to be the second most popular day. So, uh, yeah, there are certain days that just jump out at you, you know, seeing that the ML, uh, seeing, seeing, you know, the USL clubs that have become, you know, that are independent, uh, you know, that have created their own identity. Obviously, Oakland Roots now being added into the USL championship is a huge part of that for me. Uh, I, I just, you know, I think that there's really uh, a lot to like there again and, and go ahead and start planning some of those away trips because, you know, got Friday night in Vegas and a Saturday night out in Oakland and a Saturday in Sacramento. Like, you know, those sound like really, really fun weekends. You know, some of the other ones, uh, Loose City. I mean, how can we make Loose City happen on, on May 22nd as they're opening up what is considered to be the pride and joy of the soccer specific stadium at the USL level there in Louisville. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's reality. I also noticed Jordan. What when's your birthday? Uh, my birthday is August twenty first, which is August twenty first. That's a date that I see right there on San Diego Loyal's calendar. August twenty first at home, Orange County Soccer Club, seven thirty p.m. Happy birthday, Jordan Caruth. We get to celebrate at Terrero Stadium. Uh, birthday party on the pre and post match show. I'm hoping that's what I'm hoping for. I'm putting it out already. I like that. I also noticed as I scroll down all the way to the month of October. That uh, October 9th is another birthday for Match Day Live. So you and I both are going to be doing the pre and post, I think, from Torero Stadium, which completely takes our wives off the hook from having to plan anything for either you or me. Yeah, absolutely. So now that my wife just started applauding in a different room in the house, you probably did not hear that. (laughs) Uh, I feel like the pressure is now on you and I. Like I'm expecting you to find a very nice birthday party for me on that show pre and post on August 21st. And then I'll know exactly what you delivered in August and I'll know how to one up it in October to make your birthday party even better. And I think the best part is we're going to be at home for both of those matches with fans inside the stadium, nowhere else. I would rather be, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of different ways to look at it, Darren. You can break it down by the month. Uh, the notable matches you brought up Louisville's new stadium, uh, Oakland roots visiting San Diego for the first time, June 29th. That will be a Tuesday. We're going to play Oakland twice in 11 days later in the month. We will see Oakland several times, which is very exciting. Uh, October 17th. I mentioned it. It's a Sunday, New Mexico United coming to San Diego for the first time ever. Uh, that is one of the better clubs in USL. That is, a, that is a club. I think a lot of USL fans can get behind and you want them to succeed because their success is the league's success. They are one of those teams um, so it's exciting to see New Mexico uh, come October 17th. The longest break Loyal will have over the entire stretch is 10 days. That's right in the middle of summer, in the middle of July, between match day 13 and 14. You get a 10-day break. That's it. That's the longest break you'll get. Um, occasionally, it's once a week. You'll get two matches a week. But the longest break Loyal will have this season yeah. is 10 days. 
You break it down by the month, one match in April, four in May, six in June, four in July, six in August, five in September, and you finish again with six in October. So it kind of balances itself out. We know the summer is going to be in San Diego, the home versus road. That's a huge part of this schedule. And uh, it's very exciting to see a lot of these teams for the very first time. I, I it's, you can only do so much with the schedule release because there's a lot of these teams you haven't seen. It's only the second year uh, for the club going into the season. But I think most notably for me, the fact that you're playing so many different teams and you're playing such a long schedule, that's the best part of the schedule schedule release for me, of course, with the birthday parties as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think you and I, right. Yeah, of course. And by the way, that's, let's just uh, alerting uh, the locals and uh, Chavos that, uh, you know, listen, we're expecting things from you guys. So, you know, make sure our birthdays are kind of special there. Also, I'm, you know, just as I'm taking a little bit of a look at this as you're talking, Jordan, I also look and say, wow, you know, Phoenix now two of the first six matches against Phoenix rising. So you get them on April 30th, you get them again away on June 5th, which is a Saturday night. So to open the season. And then as we heard from Jack Blake, they are fucking buzzing over that. And hey, then a Saturday he night. He hit us up on Instagram the other day. Did you see that? I did not. He sent us a message. You should check it out later. Sorry to interrupt. It just, I just thought he, of it. He DM'd us? Yeah. Oh, he's the best. All right, cool. I like that. I, I, you got to that before I did. Then, then again on June 5th. And then you get also Phoenix on June 19th. So you're going to play Phoenix three times out of your first, what is it, eight, nine matches. Phoenix three times in your first nine, Jordan. So, you know, what that means for how the, the rest of the, Right. Do I have it right? You open against mm -hmm. Phoenix and then we open and then we see them again on June 5th and then we see them again on June 19th and then July and then 24th on, and then on June 24th. And then we're done with Phoenix. July 24th is that final one, not June 24th, but July, July 24th, 24th, the final yeah. one for Phoenix. Yeah. And then you're completely done with yeah. Phoenix rising. You will not see him in August. You won't see him in September. You won't see him in October. Maybe Darren, you'll see him in the playoffs. Maybe, maybe if they get there. So yeah, three of the four matches against Phoenix in the books by the time June 20th rolls around. And then you'll be completely done with the Western conference champions. there just towards the tail end of July. So, you know, the drama that we had last year with going into Phoenix and kicking their asses. And then what happened in the final match of the year uh, that is, that is front loaded. That is definitely not back loaded. So looks great. I'm just sitting here and given the last year plus that we've all had both in and in the sports world and out of the sports world, I'm just fingers crossed Jordan, hoping that we can get through 32 of these to me, a successful campaign would be playing 32 times. We can, we can certainly add to the expectation and talk about this being a postseason roster and a championship caliber roster but for me, also, given where we've been and what we've been through for the last year, not just here on this podcast, just us as like world citizens, we get through 32 of these. And, and you know, that's that's pretty that's good for me. Yeah, um, I'm very excited for the opportunity to exercise our August demons. August was not very kind to us last year, if we remember. And we do, unfortunately, um, August this year. I think is shaping up to be a little bit different for San Diego loyal, which is very good news. Uh, you get the home stretch right there in that month that did us very dirty a year ago, uh, home to, well, you start on the road against Los Dos August one, but the rest of August is all at home. You host real monarchs, the Tacoma defiance, Las Vegas lights and orange County. You'll probably score at least 40 goals in those four matches. 
So I think really good news. I think we're going to exercise those demons. Act two is going to be very nice for San Diego before that final one, pushing for the playoffs. Very All right. Good stuff, Darren. Anything else very notable to you other than the fact that Loyal will finish on top? I don't think so. I mean, this this is, you know, like I said, it'll take a little while just to, you know, just to put it into the calendar. And, and you know, I, I think the, the, the stretches that you talked about there, home and away, you mentioned that there's a 10-day – gap between July 14th and July 24th from Orange County to Phoenix rising. And that doesn't include any travel. I think if I see this, you know, a couple of times you get two matches per week, three and eight days seems to be the busiest that the schedule gets. It might be three and seven. I'm just doing the math here, glancing at a schedule, but I think three and eight days seems to be as busy as it gets where you have to think about rotation, things along those lines, you know, how you might want to manage your roster and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, for the most part, in terms of having to play back-to-back away, three times away, et cetera, the busiest and the most compressed the schedule seems to get for me is it looks like it's three matches in eight days if I'm reading this right, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah, that's a very, very busy stretch. We're going to be at Torero Stadium. We're going to be at Stone a lot this year. Darren, as I'm looking over it, and this is kind of just a product of us putting out a podcast as soon as this gets dropped, you will have some very small mistakes. I say the longest break they will have in the season is 10 days. I am wrong. It is 11 days right before July 3rd to July 14th. That's a Saturday, and then they get another match the following Wednesday. So you do get a little bit, some, you get some breathing room in July, July 3rd to the 14th, 11 day gap. And then the 14th through the 24th is a 10 day gap. So that's where you get your most breathing room, 11 days in between followed by 10 days in between, but that's it. That's your biggest break. And, uh, it's going to be a season that starts on the road and then it's going to finish on the road. And that's the way it sets up here in 2021. Very excited for it, Darren. You can find all the information on San Diego Loyal's website. Yeah. And then last thing, just, just taking a quick peek here at the standings, you know, going into that central division and playing at Louisville city football club, you know, that's, that's, that's almost unprecedented. This is a league that doesn't cross conferences. Now they're playing divisions and we knew that this was part of the deal here in 2021, but you know, that's uh, that that's as far East as you can get. I'm sure we've got people right now who are looking at plane tickets to see if they can get a flight to Louisville, which Mm -hmm. is a terrific city. So that should be a, that should be a blast that that match against Lou city on May 22nd. Yeah. And I have them as one of four teams. We'll see for the first time this year. And again, I might be off if I'm missing someone. Like I just missed one day of that longest stretch, yep. but RGV Toros, Lou city, Oakland, New Mexico United. That's what I have as the new teams that San Diego will face this year. So Let's I'm get missing it. someone, I'm sure someone on Twitter will let me know. By the way, did you see when they were promoting the fact that the schedule came out, did you see the video that Loyal put out there on social media, the hype video? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I I don't know that that's Ryan or whoever deserves credit for that. Man, take a bow because that got me hyped listening to Charlie Adams talk about how they're going to fucking win the match. And I love that they're now including just the natural language of sports in there and seeing Sal Zizo's face as he's giving some pep talk and seeing Landon Donovan. That video that came out last night here on a Monday as we're recording on the Tuesday, the schedule just being released. Kudos, sir. Tip of the cap to you. That was outstanding work. Yeah. The uh, loyal do a very, very good job with social media. And what I really appreciate about their social media, everything they put out is put out with purpose. There is a reason behind all of it and they do a very good job and they put a lot of work in behind the scenes on a lot of that stuff. Um, So it's definitely something that they put a lot of work into and, 
They obviously do a fantastic job. And I think the schedule release was just the latest example for it. All right, Darren, there's your good news. Are you ready for your bad news? What bad news? I thought we were going to talk about a little bit of history here down at the Olympic Training Center where we had the uh, what now? What are we going with on this? Was there any resolution as to what we're calling San Diego Loyal and 1904 FC? (laughs) Um, was there a resolution? I don't think there's a resolution. I, I saw names being used on social media. I don't know if that makes anything official though. I sure hope not. Well, I don't know. I, that's why I'm asking. I saw a poll that was put up on our Instagram page. So I don't know if we're just going to work with the results of how people voted on our Instagram page, but I saw the stay Classico or L stay Classico. I don't know that we ever finalized that language, but history as we got to see a preseason match or matches as the case might be for the very first time, we got to see both San Diego loyal and 1904 football club out there on the same field competing in some preseason games. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, so the poll, I put it up as stay classy co that's the verbiage that I saw on social. Um, I believe the results were 60% say yes, they like the name. 40% said no, they don't like the name. Um, In addition to the poll, I offered an opportunity for people to leave their own suggestions if they did not like Stay Classico. Several people said they don't like Stay Classico. And every single person who said they didn't like it did not offer a better suggestion. So I don't know where to take it. I know people like to say no to things um, without offering a better solution. But we got several no's. We didn't get a single better suggestion at all um i don't know what it is like who how does that work who who makes that official is it the club i mean whatever the fans will call it that's going to kind of dictate it i think um that's usually how this plays out so i don't know how all this works i know the poll results on ours but uh that doesn't mean anything stay classico san diego derby i mean Darby, what do we, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of room to, to play with that. Well, you last know, time I, we talked about it, you were giving away tacos El Gordo to the winner. That is true. Well, uh, hopefully that's not weighted in terms of goals scored or uh, expected goals scored, because if that were the case, wow. Yeah. I, I did get the opportunity to go down there on Sunday. I didn't go for the first match, which was a six, nothing six, no win for SD loyal over 1904. But, uh, I was there for the second match. Now they, they structured these a little bit differently just for everybody to understand and that they played 45 minutes, took a 15 minute break and then played another 30. They did that twice. The first match was at 10 AM. The second match was at 12 noon. Uh, those second 30 minutes for either one of the matches, uh, you can certainly, it was a hot day, high sun down there, Chula Vista. It was warm and you could certainly see some legs that were a little bit tired. I will tell you that sun, even me as a non-participant who is just sitting there, the sun takes something out of you. So um, unfortunately, behind closed doors, us as, as uh, broadcasters here with the club, uh, you know, we, we were allowed a little bit of access to go in there and check things out. And I was cool. It was just a cool thing to be a part of, you know, I, and I don't know, you know, the 20, 30 years down the road that 1904 and SD Loyal ends up becoming some sort of terrific rivalry. You know, I, I mean, I would hope, and if so, then, then that was the first time that you ever had the opportunity to see the two sides play. So I hope it turns into something somewhere down the road. I will tell you, I think that the quality is quality is a lot different uh, quality for SD loyal. And, and this is taking nothing away from 1904. I thought that they, you know, I thought that they, they represented, 
pretty well. The score lines would indicate otherwise, 6-0, 3-1, and the 3-1 is, is, is completely betrays the opportunities that Loyal had. But uh, it's just like, you know, it's just to see San Diego, to see these two professional soccer clubs, Jordan, given our own personal history here of wanting pro soccer to be in this city, to see it actually out there and to feel it, and, and for those that were interacting on social media, uh, it was a historic day, and you know I hope it's a day that somewhere down the road, decades later, we turn around and go, "Hey, remember when that started? It was some preseason match, you know, a preseason afternoon down there in Chula Vista at the Olympic Training Center." But uh, Loyal looked terrific. Uh, again, I didn't see the six 0 match; I saw the three one, and it, um, you know, it Landon Donovan said he's never seen more chances created in his life. He's right. Uh, I would say mid-season intensity and preseason finishing. Uh, they left a lot of goals out there on the field. They hit the frame three times, at least three times. Ben Spencer, I think, might have hit it three times himself. So there were some goals that were left out there on the field. And in baseball terms, right, like you and I have worked together long enough to know that I often use baseball metaphors. Like they left the bases loaded a lot. Now, that's a good thing. It means you got runners on base the whole game. They created opportunities the whole match. But uh, that second one, that 3-1, it seems dominant. It was it – was, it, it, I'm not, I'm not hyping. I'm just saying it could have been seven, eight, nine, ten. It could have been a lot more than, than three, one, but you know, sometimes uh, the ball just doesn't go in the net. And that was one of those days. Yeah. Uh, speaking to the Derby aspect, the rivalry aspect and potentially the future of it, this is a fun start because you actually get to, they, they played each other. You got to see them. They played each other for the first time, but preseason, no fans inside. What will make yep. a local Derby special is the fans packing in the stadium and you get to see all the loyal supporters. You get to see the 1904 supporters in the same stadium supporting their teams, both from San Diego. That's what makes a Derby special. So what I'm really excited for after just seeing like a little glimpse and you got to see an even bigger glimpse, um, seeing it for the first time, like, I think it just leaves most of us wanting more because you yeah. want that Derby to continue and you want to be able to actually go and watch that Derby. That's what you want. You want to be able to pack that stadium, which is going to be fun. We'll likely uh, clearly have that opportunity in the future. Do we get a, do we qualify for the open cup now? I'm pretty sure that's usually how this works. We're just in the early stages of the, uh, of the open cup. And now we're advancing around. That's, that's what happened over the weekend. I'm hoping I love the local Derby. It, it's going to be a lot of fun, um, especially with people inside Remember when we went to Albion Battalion years ago yeah. in San Diego? That's a local derby. It was a local derby. And now we get loyal against 1904. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. It, it just leaves me thinking about the future. That's what yeah. it leaves me thinking about. Absolutely, because that's what you want, to your point. What you want, I think, like what makes those sort of things so much fun is the away fan that travels there into this hostile environment, right? The 1904 fans that would travel into Torero stadium, the locals that would travel into 1904's place. So like that's, that would be a huge part of it, but you know, also all for the common good, right? Like who knows what this turns into, like I said, and, and uh, you know, again, it was a preseason match and it was played behind closed doors, but you know, who knows, like that could just be the beginning of something. And I will tell you like, and, and maybe both sides, no matter who they were playing, regardless of opponent, maybe the intensity would have been the same, whether it was SD Loyal versus you know any other professional club, or maybe if it was 1904 against any other professional club, but you could feel like you can feel like the intensity that was there. Like there was, there was uh, quite a bit of course language. There was quite a bit of, uh, there were some hard fouls. There were cards, there were penalty kicks. Um, they were getting it like they were getting after it pretty good. Like there were uh, it, to the point where at the end of the second match, you sort of wondered, 
is anything going to bubble over here? Like, is everybody going to be cool or, or is this, are they going to have to be separated in some capacity? But like, it was there, like it was real. Like you can, you can definitely feel the intensity here. And, and, you know, us paying more close attention to SD loyal than 1904, it was a two way street, no doubt about it. But uh, there was uh, like I said, they were, they were getting after one another pretty good. There were some, some pretty rough tackles and some cards and, and uh, there was, there was a lot there. There was a lot to like, like it felt it, you know, Nate Abare and I went down and like, we walked away going, damn, like that was intense. You know, that was really, really intense. The coaches coaching the players, the players coming back to the bench, talking to each other, talking to, at one point, you know, Charlie Adams was like, you know, and he's so distinct in his voice. And you and I knew this from being at Torero Stadium all year long, how much Charlie talks. And at one point, like he says, in no uncertain terms, and I don't even know who he was talking to. He goes, shut your fucking mouth. And like everybody within earshot shut their mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know who he was talking to. If it was a teammate, uh, a player from 1904, the ref, us, I don't know. But when Charlie said like, every shut the F up, like everybody shut up like it was there it was real it was it was great to see like these guys now still several weeks away from the start of the season that they're into it man like they are so into it it was hyper competitive there's no question that charlie adams is the vocal leader of san diego loyal i've been i did not go to the match against 1904 over the weekend i was at san diego state doing a couple broadcasts but i have been to enough pro uh practices leading up to what you saw uh, to know that Charlie, and like you said, we, we heard plenty of it at Torero Stadium last year with no fans. Uh, that is definitely carried over into 2021. There's new faces. And so, like, you kind of wonder who is taking over. Will there be a new voice potentially? It doesn't sound like it to me. It doesn't sound like it to you either. Charlie Adams is still very much the vocal leader. Uh, you heard it there in a scrimmage, in a preseason match. Um, I've heard it plenty of times in several practices that have been down to Chula Vista. So I think of... A fun start. I did see a highlight yeah. from 1904 posted on Instagram where they connected on like 15 passes before scoring a really nice goal. Uh, they had a very good sequence. I didn't get to see many highlights. Um, I saw whatever was kind of floating around on social media. So I consumed what I could. Uh, but like I said, I was over at SDSU, but it sounds yeah. like a, a fun start and it left most of yeah. us thinking about the future and actually having fans inside the house. Yeah. The, I mean, the, some of the buildup play was outstanding. It just, it was outstanding. And, and like I said, I think the finishing, you know, obviously will, the, the finishing will follow, you know, it does remind me a little bit, Jordan, of what you and I had a chance to watch last year, because we remember the way the club was constructed, you know, and then a player leaves, and Urban Parra gets hurt, and all of a sudden, everybody sort of looked around and went, hmm, well, where's the scoring going to come from? And they went into that drought, right? And then here comes Miguel Berry. Here comes Rubio Rubin. Here comes Alejandro Guido. Boom, totally different club. So, you know, I think one of the points of emphasis here for season number two has been, well, you know, Corey Herzog's outstanding. He scored a couple of times in the 6-0 match against 1904. He's going to be great. Alejandro Guido is going to be great. This is the plan that we have. But what happens when the plan doesn't go perfectly like what we saw last year? So, you know, that's where a Nikki Jackson comes into play. That's where a Jack Blake, who's such a presence out there. Gosh, the guy is just built like a tank. He's just he's tough to take your eyes off. So, you know, where else is it going to come from? I think that's that's really what this preseason is all about. And before we move on, I just want to toss one other name out there because, you know, people might wonder about this. And, and they might have seen during the second match against 1904 that Loyal started a player who's not with the club. He's not signed with the club. His name, he's an MLS player who's unsigned, so he's not in training camp with anybody. His name is Miguel Ibarra. 
And he, I believe, is an MLS Cup champion with the Seattle Sounders. I believe so. Also a former teammate of Amani Walker's, who you and I know pretty well. And he's training with Loyal. And I, I don't know where this goes. I don't know. I would tend to think a player of this quality. And he played in the second match. If you've seen a highlight, you may have seen a cross from him. He puts a dime right on Jack Blake's head, which turns into a goal. What a player he is. I don't know if he's going to have MLS opportunities or if the longer that the MLS preseason stretches out, maybe there's an opportunity for him to be with Loyal. But gosh, he's here. He's training with him. He's playing in preseason matches, Jordan. And obviously you want to see every player go on and play at the highest possible level, right? Like good luck to Rubio Rubin and Miguel Abar is going to make them better just because he's here and he's training with them. But if there's an opportunity, if he finds himself here at the end of camp, and there's an opportunity, man, he seems like a perfect fit for this SD loyal side. Darren, I mentioned, I've been to a few practices. There was one practice where Ibarra was with the team and they have a bunch of trialists there working out with the team as well. Right. We've seen all this, like when they played uh, LA galaxy, you saw like trialists one through 13 or whatever. Um, I remember at one of those practices, I was speaking with one of the employees from loyal and we were pretty good distance away from the field. We didn't have a great view, but I was watching in the background and there was one player that stood out to me that was doing very, he was, he was standing out amongst the rest of the group. And I looked over to the, uh, the person I was talking with Jesse. I said, who, who is that? And I, again, we were very far away. He's like, he looks over briefly and he's like, I, I think that's one of our trialists. I'm like, if that's one of your trialists, like he's making the team. Um, and then like later he and I were talking, he's like, oh, that wasn't a trialist. That was Ibarra. I'm like, okay, well, no, no kidding. Like he looks, he looks very good out there. Um, he does pretty much whatever he wants with the football, which is a good thing. Um, I'm rooting for the best for him. I hope he gets signed by Chelsea football club, whatever club he wants to go play for, whatever his dreams are. I hope it happens. But if that doesn't come true and he has to play for San Diego Loy at the end of it, I don't know how it's working out. I haven't talked to anyone about it. Is this an opportunity for him to showcase his skills? Um, is this an opportunity for him to stay with San Diego loyal as a loyal supporter? I want him to stay in San Diego while also wanting the best for him. It's kind of that weird dance that you have at this level, but who wouldn't want him with loyal in 2021? Dude, I will tell you this. It's funny you say that because when I go down there on Sunday and you can sort of see, right? Like, you know, there, there's, there's only just a handful of team employees who were there and some people are, are watching a preseason match for the first time. And somebody goes, well, who is that? Cause you can see like the quality is just, you know, it, it stands out. Mm -hmm. And somebody goes, Miguel and somebody goes, Miguel Berry. Like, like it was sort of like, remember that, like how different it looked when those dudes come in. Right. Like, and it makes everybody look better. It makes, you know, the defenders look better. The midfielders look better. So it was that sort of moment where it's like, no, 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 that's Miguel Ibarra. And it's like, oh, and you realize, oh, he hadn't signed yet. Now, again, I, I don't I don't want to get anybody too excited about this because I would tend to think a player of this quality is probably going to get signed by an MLS club. But and that he's connected somehow. I, and I, again, this is just off a of Wikipedia page. So this isn't any sort of insider information. But Imani Walker and him, they, they were roommates. They were teammates. I don't know that that has anything to do with why. Miguel is there with SD loyal. Now, are you, you're looking at me like I'm saying something that's not accurate. Well, no, I'm you're, what you see is me thinking what you're saying is accurate. I believe he might have a connection with Landon Donovan. That's you're, you're yeah. seeing me go through yeah. that thought process. And I'm trying to remember what that exact connection yeah. was. Did they play together? I don't know. Um, there was a question. Connection. 
There hey, were, I, like I said, I mean, and you know, as you're talking about like the kind of quality that this club now is building and the type of quality that this club has already brought in. And you're talking about, you know, making sure that you have depth, right, Jordan, because you and I were there when you talked about what happened in August last year, that was a direct result of, of there was just the, the club really didn't have players that were ready to step in and play for those who were injured or those who had left. So from that standpoint, you know, this is a, a, what a terrific depth piece this would be, especially given a 32 game schedule where things are going to be a little bit different. So, you know, I think that that's certainly been a priority here for the club is to make sure that it doesn't find itself through circumstances in a similar position. Not that it was terrible. I mean, they still played great defensively. They had the best keeper in the league. That was another performance. Trey Muse for me, very vocal, taking on leadership here with a new club for a young guy was great to see. But, you know, if, if you can add to that depth and you can figure it out, work it into the budget and he wants to stay here, whatever it looks like, man, sign me up for a little bit of Miguel Abar. Yeah, no question. He has experience with the U.S. men's national team. I'm sure there is a deeper connection with he and Landon Donovan. I just I don't have it right now. Um, but yeah, if you can stick around, that's big. Darren, we have saved a whopping three minutes for Olympic talk, which is probably two minutes too many because this is not a fun conversation for us. Um I mentioned U.S. soccer doesn't always make it easy for us to say nice things about them. It's Here's my big takeaway. Why am I supposed to care about the Olympics if U.S. soccer doesn't? Because we're fans and because it matters and because it doesn't sound like excuse making from us. You know, and I, I mean, I think that's disingenuous to say that U.S. soccer doesn't care about it. You know, they identified it. And I'm not saying your, your commentary is disingenuous. I'm saying that the reaction to being eliminated and not going to Tokyo, I think, is disingenuous. It became such a laissez-faire, shitty attitude afterwards of, well, well, whatever. I mean, the Olympics, really? Is that really important in the grand scheme of soccer? And my only point in all this, Jordan, is going to be the following. We here, as U.S. soccer fans, are not in a position where we can marginalize some international tournament. We're not in that position because we haven't fucking qualified for one on the men's side since 2014. So, you know, I don't want us to take this laissez-faire attitude of, well, whatever, you know, it just, it's Olympic qualifying. It's the Olympics. It doesn't matter all that much. We're not in that position. It sounds incredibly arrogant, which unfortunately has become part of the deal with U.S. soccer here over the years. It sounds incredibly uh, arrogant uh, to, to dismiss this, to marginalize Olympic qualifying, to dismiss Honduras and Mexico and everybody else who's going, especially when we had our best players watching this match in the middle of the freaking night in Belfast because Pulisic had expressed interest in playing and Weston McKenney had expressed playing interest in playing and Giorena. So like, I don't want to hear that bullshit. You know, we're just, yeah, we've got much better talent, but we still have yet to prove that we're developing talent in this country, in the U S not just picking up dual national players here and bringing them into the mix. We have yet to prove that. So I, I was really turned off. You lose, you lose. Hey, it happens. But I was turned off by the, by the attitude afterwards of this pretending, like pretending like this didn't mean anything because we're so great at qualifying for international tournaments. We're not. Yeah. The excuses were, uh, they were ready to go. The MLS calendar was brought up right away. The fact that the U S started 11 MLS players against Honduras, 
Mexico starting zero MLS players against Canada. Uh, the schedule, not having enough time to really gel, to be warmed up like other countries. Like the excuses were there. They were ready. I think the AP said it best. The, the better a player gets, the less likely he's going to play in the Olympics for the U.S. men's national team. If you're good, if you're really good with the U.S., you're not playing for the Olympics. You're not, not going not through qualification. Qualifying. You're not going through qualifying. And depending if the club allows them to even be in the Olympics, I will, you would see. But that isn't even a question that uh, clubs like Chelsea Football Club even have to answer anymore because Christian Pulisic, um, unless he's sold, will be playing preseason soccer with Chelsea. Yeah. That's, where, that's where it kind of ends up now. But, you know, if players want to go ahead and play, I mean, I, we saw you know, Mohamed Salah come out and say that he would love to represent Egypt in the Olympics, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I can't imagine that Weston McKinney or somebody, you know, I, I don't know who Gio Reyna or Polis, I, we'll never know if their clubs would have released them. But we know that those guys genuinely wanted to do it to the point where the whole squad was up there. Fox had this great image of the senior team sitting there in Belfast at one o'clock in the morning, rooting on the baby Yanks and, and like they didn't play well was the squad selection right was the coach right uh are there going to be any repercussions from this or are we just going to carry on as a business as usual where we don't qualify for tournaments and we just carry on and hey on to the next thing i we get it like our quality is better and world cup qualifying is more important we don't need to be lectured about that over and over again but it doesn't mean also that we should be so arrogant and flippant about qualifying for an international tournament yeah yeah i Huge disappointment. Um, I was not able to watch, and I'm very glad I was unable to watch. I thought Tim Howard was pretty strong afterwards, talking about how the U.S. We just we can't do it in difficult situations. We're not in difficult situations enough. We're babied. Like this is not how it's. We're not good in these moments with U.S. soccer. So it was just the latest example of needing to come up big in a big moment, and they came up very very small. It's unfortunate. Um, I do want to finish on a high note as we say goodbye. Uh, I mentioned uh, I was at SDSU over the weekend. Shout out to the Aztecs. They knocked off number four Washington over the weekend, which is very, very cool. Ryan Hopkins has been a guest on the Unnamed Soccer podcast. It's his first win on the Mesa. He's a very fun person to be around, and he is a highly he motivates people. He's high energy, and uh, he had a win, a long time coming. The Aztecs are making a lot of improvements, and so they knocked off the number four team in the country 2-0 over the weekend. That was a lot of fun. So I do want to give a shout-out to Ryan Hopkins, a former guest on the podcast. Congrats to him for win number one at San Diego State. It's going to be the first of many for him. So shout-out. Any shout-outs for you on the way out, there? Uh, any shout outs for me? No shout outs just, for me. Just the schedule. Uh, shout out that schedule, baby. Shout out that schedule. Shout out some of the uh, philanthropic work around town that SD Loyal is involved with as well. You know, they've done a, a lot of good things here under the radar that they're not seeking publicity for. But uh, whether it's some of their homeless outreach, some of the stuff they've been doing down at the convention center. Shout out to them for truly being uh, 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 more than a club, you know, for being a club here that. That is not just representing out there on the field, but also representing out there in the community. So I love seeing that sort of stuff uh, and excited to go watch New Mexico United. Another preseason match coming up this weekend. Yeah. And we'll see him a little bit later on in the season. Um, that one going to be October 17th at home. That one will matter. Darren. We'll chat with you soon. We got to give our thanks to three punk ales in Chula Vista. We give our thanks to sport clips. The schedule is out for San Diego loyal. Make sure you check it out. Um, give you some U S talk. And then uh, Darren gave us a very nice recap of stay classy co or whatever we're calling it. We'll talk soon. Huh, Darren? Absolutely. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, find the links and subscribe and rate us. We would really appreciate that. If you would take a couple of seconds, many of you have, 
to give us a good rating. I mean, as long as it's earned, if we haven't earned it, then don't do it. But we're available on multiple platforms, iHeart as well. So you can find us whatever your preferred platform is for podcasts. Jordan and I have totally different ones. He's a Spotify guy. I'm an Apple guy. But we all can agree that this is a podcast that should be shared. And also, just the last thing I'll say for the day, unnamedsoccerpod.com. Unnamedsoccerpod.com. 